Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Second thing I want to tell you, much quicker than the first part. The, the first part is, is yes. There was a process. The second thing is, is don't despise the process. Some of you may be in a situation in your life right now that you're going through the process. There's things that are going on in your life that, man, you wish it was just done with and just just over with so that you could get on with your life or get on and doing what you feel that, that you're called to do. Don't despise the process. There was a process that even Jesus went through before his ministry started. Today, Pastor David will remind us that in every process, we must remember the timing is not in our hands, but in the Lord's hands. He will also teach us not to despise the process. We as Christians will be pulled from our comfort zone if we are fully living in a surrendered life to the Lord. God desires for us to grow in our walk with Him. Therefore, we should ask ourselves regularly if we are growing in the Lord, or if we are just at a standstill. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Processes of God. This was the type that the teachers would direct the learning process of the students. And so we see that here. Interesting thing, too. We see that even in the ministry of Jesus in the Gospels, where, again, the, the, the rabbis and the Pharisees and the scholars and the Sadducees would come up and they would ask Jesus a question, trying to trip him up. How did he usually respond? Almost always with a question. No, let's redirect this thing. Jesus would redirect it by his question to get it to the right way. All throughout, again, the Gospels, we see that kind of response. So here Jesus is, he's 12 years of age, already holding his own with the rabbis and the teachers of his day. And that brings us to the third point. All who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Actually, I believe that Jesus did more than just hold his own during these discussions. I believe that he was blowing them away, blowing not only the the students and the others that were listening, but blowing the teachers and the rabbis away with, again, the depth of this young man. Luke had already told us that this young God-man had become strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I believe he was already excelling both in earthly knowledge as well as heavenly wisdom. And these two things joined together, earthly knowledge, heavenly wisdom, in a mind that wasn't tangled up in the sin of the world and of the flesh. It's amazing, I believe, what the mind can do. But more often the mind is so distracted by a multitude of other things, multitude of things that the world throws out that the flesh tries to draw us into, His mind was free 
to be able to accomplish all that it was created for. There wasn't a blockage of sin. There wasn't a distraction of of the world to hinder him in clear communication that he had with the Father and also to be able to speak those things into those listening ears. He was able to speak forth, I I believe, the the deepest and, and the purest insights from the law. The one who is the very word of God, the logos of God, is now discussing and he's making clear that word to those that were considered teachers of the law. This 12-year-old was taking them to school and all who heard him, they were astonished by his understanding and his answers. Verse 48. So when they saw him, when Mary and Joseph saw him, they were amazed And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he, Jesus, said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Here we have a situation where it seems as though Mary and Joseph In fact, Mary is the one that says, Luke says, Mary said it. Son, why have you done this to us? We've got Mary rebuking God in the human flesh. You've got to see the humor in that. uh, Just uh, her saying, why have you done this to us? Why why, why have you let us? Look, we've been anxious about all of these things. But then the child now comes back, not in rebuke to the parents, but again, declaring his mission in life. Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? As much as Mary and Joseph knew about Jesus, they knew about his origin, they they knew about the prophecies that had already been declared, they still didn't get it thoroughly. They, They didn't get it totally. And still Jesus was submitted to their authority because they were his earthly parents. Look at verse 51. And then he, Jesus, went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So far as we know, he grew up as normal as possible. Now, again, depending upon the tradition that, that you've come up in, you, you may have heard stories about how Jesus raised uh, dead animals, you know, raised up dead animals back to life again, or did other miracle things while he was a child. You know what? You, you just need to kind of discard those things because there's absolutely nothing biblical about those at all. We don't see those at all. We need to stick with whatever the Bible says. What we do know is what Luke tells us here, Jesus in increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now here's the chance for you to get me totally wrong in what I'm about to say, okay? So I need you to listen very carefully, and if you quote me, quote me correctly, okay? I don't believe that Jesus recognized his place in the Godhead at birth. You understand what I'm saying? I don't believe that he recognized his position in the Godhead as a baby. He was a baby. 
It was nothing, again, when we look at his whole story and we look at the situation, there was a process of growth in his life, a process of both practical learning and I believe spirit-directed revelation. Now, don't get me wrong. He was born the God-man. He did not become God later. He did not become man. No, he was born the God-man, 100% God, 100% human, fully God, fully human. However, I believe that the recognition of that fullness didn't come to him at birth. The, the, the passages that we've looked at, where, where Jesus was saying he was here as a 12-year-old, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them, asking them questions. All that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. That, that, that would allow us to speculate that maybe here at age 12, he understood at least somewhat, what was going on. After all, wasn't his response to Mary, hey, didn't you know? I had to be about my father's business. You think, well, surely by then he understood it. But look with me, if you would, at, at verse 52. What does it say in verse 52? And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let me ask you this question. What does the word increased presuppose? That means he wasn't there all the way. If, if I told you I'm going to increase your salary, that means you're going to get more than what you've got right now. Amen? Okay. But it's kind of worrying some of you because I can see it in your eyes and I can see your brain spinning all kinds of places. When Luke says that he increased in wisdom, what does that mean? I believe, personally, that he increased in wisdom. From a 12-year-old young man, as he continued to experience in the 100% humanity that he was, the world that was around him, but as he continued to experience the filling of understanding of the things of his father and of his father's kingdom. Both of these things. I look at this and I see that there was a process that was still needed to take place in his life. I know I'm going to jump ahead here and your head is already spinning on what I've already said, but jump with me over to Luke chapter 3 and beginning in verse 21. At this point we know because Luke tells us a little bit later that Jesus is about 30 years old. So a number of years now later, it's the very beginning of his ministry. And in Luke chapter 3, verse 21, we come to the baptism of Jesus. In verse 21, Luke tells us, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. We see a very similar account in the records of other gospel writers. Matthew tells us in Matthew chapter three that when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Was the spirit of God a dove? Let me ask you that. No, it wasn't. It just ascended like a dove and lighted 
upon him or lit upon him. And suddenly, verse Matthew tells us, and suddenly the voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm very well pleased. Mark, a very similar account. Immediately coming up from the water, Jesus saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We'll talk about the significance of Jesus' baptism later on as we get to it in Luke. But for now, I simply want to bring you back to this idea of process and this declaration. From here, we have a couple of points I want to leave you with that I want you to take away from this message. Each one of us, in each one of our lives, there is a process to our Christian life and service. I believe that as Jesus grew, again, he didn't have the, 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 the hindrances and the blockages of sin in his life, even as a young child. And so the abundance of all that he was able to take in, in his humanity, can't even be compared to what you and I can take in. But at the same time, he was God, and God was, again, working and moving through his life. When did Jesus' ministry actually begin? Well, it began at 12, right? When he was, no. His ministry did not begin until he was 30 years of age. So for 30 years, I believe that there was a process in Jesus' life in preparation for that ministry. It said in the, in, in the writings of the, the, of the Mishnah, that at five years old, one is fit for the scripture, to learn scripture. At 10 years old is the Mishnah, the, the oral interpretation. At 13, for the fulfilling of the commandments. At 15, the Talmud, the, the rabbinic interpretations of all these things. At 18, he's ready for the bridal chamber. And at 20, to pursue a vocation. And at 30, for authority. In other words, then he's able to teach others. That's the culture that Jesus grew up in. And that culture, you weren't allowed, you were not recognized as a teacher or as a rabbi until you were 30 years of age. And so now it was time for Jesus to begin his ministry, just as we read there in, at the time of his baptism. And then that declaration, the voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I am very well pleased. Now we don't read this statement anywhere earlier in the life of Jesus. And yet we do know that Jesus was without sin. He always did what the Father desired of him. And so undoubtedly, the Father was pleased with him. But at this point, it's very clear declaration that seemed to solidify his purpose, his direction, and his anointing for ministry. Yes, I do believe that Jesus had the Holy Spirit within him. But at that baptism, it was a time of anointing for ministry, just as they would for anyone as they entered into that ministry. And as we see here in the scriptures, there was this process that Jesus went through before he entered. And if we see here in the scripture that there was a time frame necessary before Jesus entered into the ministry. And if there needed to be also an anointing of the spirit, then why don't you think today that the same needs to be true for us? That there has to be a process. There has to be a time frame and there needs so desperately to be an anointing for the work of ministry. 
Second thing I want to tell you, much quicker than the first part. The, the first part is, is, yes, there was a process. The second thing is, is don't despise the process. Some of you may be in a situation in your life right now that you're going through the process. There's things that are going on in your life that, man, you wish it was just done with and just, just over with so that you could get on with your life or get on and doing what you feel that, that you're called to do. Don't despise the process. The third point, real quickly. Remember, the timing is not in your hands. The timing is in his hands. Whatever God is working in your life, more often than not, gang, it is going to be a process. Sometimes he just simply needs to prepare you to grow you up in wisdom, to grow you up in stature, to grow you up in the understanding. There's other times that he's simply waiting for the right time and the right situation. We get anxious about these things. We want to go ahead and do and move and go, but God says, no, at the right time, at the right place. Then there's those other times that there's also a pruning that needs to take place in our life. And you know with that pruning, it's, it's, never, it's never fun to be pruned, to take the things that are in our life that need to be taken away in order that we might be able to be used more completely for his kingdom. And in nearly all cases, if God is going to use you, you will be pulled from your comfort zone. You'll be pulled from your comfort zone. So if you feel that God has you in a holding pattern, this is what you need to do in the midst of that. Number one, take the opportunity to grow where you're at. To grow where you're at. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, as newborn babes, you need to desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter tells us, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That means we are all to grow up, to mature. And then the writer of Hebrews, I think, gets to each one of us. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 12, tells us, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the very first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Whatever God has planned for you in your life, you can be guaranteed that you'll need to be both mature, knowledgeable, and flexible. So my question to you this morning is, are you in a position where you are actually growing in the Lord? Are you yourself growing in the Lord? Or do you think, well, no, I'm just pretty well, pretty well flatlined. I, you know, I've made it to a point. I've, I've, I've reached a certain level. I'm, I'm fine with where I'm at with the Lord. No, every one of us need to continue to grow. Even the Apostle Paul says, hey, I don't claim that I've, that I've, that I've hit it. That, I, that I've met the mark? No, this I do. I keep pressing on toward that goal. Every one of us, no matter what our background, no matter what our history, no matter what our age, we need to keep growing in the Lord. And we also need to become strong in the spirit of God, not by your might or by your power, 
not by your suave and debonair ways, not even by your intellect or by your experience. Word tells us not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. Question number two, are you living your life under that power and by the anointing power of Christ himself, of the Holy Spirit working and moving in your life? I'm going to tell you, I, I really believe that we as a people need to focus in more on, Lord, fill me. Fill my life. Baptize me fresh and new with the power of your Holy Spirit. Oh, if you are Christ, you have the Spirit of God. Without the Spirit of God, you're none of His. But the Word also says that there needs to be that refreshing going on in our life in a continual way. How often I, as a pastor, said, you know what, we've got a need. We, we have a need in the nursery. We have a need in the Sunday school. We need a volunteer. We're not letting you out here today. No, I've never said that. Uh, but we, we just have those needs. Maybe God's calling you to do. You know what I would love to see? And what I believe needs to happen? Is that individuals praying and seeking the Lord in their life Seeking his filling, seeking his direction to find their mission and ministry of life. People coming and knocking at my door and say, Pastor, I've been praying and, and, and I believe that God has called me to teach Sunday school. Believe me, you'd have to pick me up, okay? But I believe that that really is more the process. Because you see, I could put a guilt trip, and I've done that in the past put a guilt trip on people and they say, oh, well, maybe I ought to be teaching Sunday school. Okay, I'll go teach Sunday school. And, and the guilt of the pastor lasts for, oh, maybe two or three weeks at best. But you know what? When it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit, when it's the calling of the Holy Spirit in a life and the process is being worked within your life, you're growing, you're, you're learning, you're becoming available, you're becoming, again, uh, uh, knowledgeable in, in the Word of God, and, and you're allowing God to move and direct you, then I believe that God would call you and move you in those areas of ministry to where you're going to start seeking out areas. How can I serve Him? How can I be truly His servant, His minister for His glory, rather than just being just another Christian coming in for a meeting and coming out from the meeting say, oh, great meeting, pastor. Great meeting. Great word. Thank you for the word. I told him last night and I'll tell you guys. I believe that the next time that somebody says, hey, really appreciated the message this morning, really spoke to me, I'm going to grab him by the shoulders and say, how did it speak to you? And what kind of a change is it going to make in your life? And then just sit him down and say, explain that to me. Don't just tell me, oh, good word, good word, good word, thanks, thanks. You made me feel good or you, you stepped on my toes, made me feel bad. Well, what kind of a change is going on in our lives? You see, Jesus, as he went through that process, he went through the process because there was a purpose at the other end. There was a mission at the other end of that. And every one of us goes through process. Maybe you're not gonna be a teacher. Maybe you're not gonna be a Sunday school teacher, but maybe God is using you in a whole different way in a whole different manner for His glory. Are you open and are you available for Him to be able to direct you in that?
Learning more about Jesus is the single most important thing we can do as Christians. As we carefully consider how Jesus lived, we see beautiful examples that can apply to our lives. Though the entire Bible is rich with symbols and images that point to Jesus, the Gospels are grand central station for who Jesus is. Join us each day as Pastor David teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the open word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Maybe you're listening right now in Casa Grande and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. at 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. For more information, call us at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Or log on to theopenword.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.